Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to King Sportscast. Uh, you know, yeah, let me try it again. Oof. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to King Sportscast with uh, my new guest, Mr. Gary Lush, the host of Lush L- Luscious Podcast or Luscious Thinking. Luscious Thinking. That's what it is. Yes, I saw it has a pretty sweet logo. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing good. You know, uh, trying to live in the life, uh, life of a pandemic. So you know, just keeping busy reading. Um, my dog's going off in the background. I don't know if you can hear her, but it's kind of annoying, but yeah, my, my dogs will have their turn. <laughs> so, uh, they'll, they'll get into it. They'll participate. Hopefully they won't, you know, but maybe my audio won't pick it up, but, uh, we'll yeah, see. man. Um, so I'm excited to get back onto the podcast. This is my first episode in a long time. Uh, and actually the first video episode. So, excited he helped me set up the camera you know so <laughs> I, we i feel honored <laughs> yeah i mean we've done i've had i think i have like 40 audio episodes i think mm-hmm. or 30 audio something that I, I don't even know but uh i'm excited to do the video because i feel like it's more interactive you know and uh i'm just excited to talk about sports again and i think sports has really been uh one of the one positive things i've had to be able to entertain through this uh oh, oh yeah Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You know, no matter how you feel about whatever, but thank God the sports part is back. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess, I mean, I don't know what to start out. I guess since you got the the Rays jersey, um, let's talk about the Rays and the World Series. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a Rays fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, but uh, I I, I can't help but, you know, want to support my friends locally. And I don't know, like, you know, fuck, fuck LA. <laughs> Dude, the Dodgers suck. Okay. But I, I'll, first I'll start off with, uh, I mean, I'm also a Phillies fan. So like the last time that the Rays were in the world series, I had an easy world series to watch because either team could have won and I would have been fine with it. Um, this, this Tampa Bay Rays team is exceptionally good, especially seeing as though, two players on the Dodgers have more money and a salary than the entire team of the Rays put together. Like you think about it, Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw have roughly a little over $28 million that they're owed every year. And our entire team, the Rays is 26 million, a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit above 26 million. So you're talking about a small cap team going against a large cap team. And it's normally this isn't something that you see, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. So it's the only plausible cause of this happening. It's there's usually a big market team. I'm very surprised that New York was not in the world series because that's a, a large market for especially TV ratings. So the, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I can see that, that that's why this is what, how it is, but I'm not going to take anything away from the Rays because the Rays deserve to be here. Um, I mean, it's not a full baseball season. They they played maybe a third of the games that they, you know, regularly play, you know, around there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were thinking that maybe a small market or like this was actually I heard a lot of people make this say that they, maybe this is the season that Rays could capitalize on it. I also just think the Yankees didn't really play up to the par that they thought they were going to play all year. Um like I like they probably expected to win the division, you know, in any season and with that lineup and, uh, you know, it didn't happen. I'm not going to lie and 
act like I'm not very, very happy about it, like I always say. But as a Red Sox fan, you got to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan and any team that beats the Yankees. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, in, my, in this situation, the Red Sox, they suck this year. We're in a, we're in a shitty, you know, caps, you know, we're shitty contract scenario with shitty, you know, it's just not, we're not in a good place right now, but I don't You're know, not I, full rebuild. No, I mean, it's also, like you said, the pandemic, it's, you know, it is what it is type of scenario. And in this scenario, I, I would rather, you know, cheer for the, you know, Rays. I've also, you know, made money off them. So that's why I kind of like where the, the Rays have been going. So uh, I'm going to keep it going. And I'd rather see, you know, it's, I'm not as like a more of a Bucks fan than I am a Rays fan and a Lightning fan, maybe even, but, you know, I, there's a lot of Rays homers I know locally that I would love for them. Like I knew Cubs fans locally that I remember you might've been with me that night when they won. And like all of my dad's friends are just crying in their arms, talking about how their grandpas never saw the Cubs win. And like, you know, when like, you know, I don't know, I'm not a hater in sports. So, you know, I think, you know, and it'd be ironic if the Dodgers lost another world series, uh, you know, I'm not the, it's not the end of the world for me either, uh, for either side, but yeah, I, I would be pulling for the Rays just because the underdog small market, the Rays get a title, it kind of, maybe it helps them stay here. Maybe it doesn't, I don't know. I think, uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a crazy pitching duel. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of good arms in this matchup. Um, uh, I like, you know, the first game is Kershaw versus Glasgow. And I mean, that's, like right there, that's a matchup. Yeah, it's you got Glass now. He's 101 miles an hour is his average pitch speed. That's no, no, I, not not as average, but that's what he tops at. And and then you so you got like the hammer against somebody who has six or seven pitches in their arsenal. Yep. So you got like an artist versus a hammer, and it's like who's gonna win this battle? I think, and uh, taking. Again, taking nothing away from Glass now, he has an arsenal of pitches too. He's definitely got a slider. He's got uh, he's got a nice two seamer. It's got some movement on it, but he throws like massive amounts of fastballs. So if he can get that those secondary pitches going, and then go back to that fastball, I think he can. He he's a he's a strikeout pitcher. These are two strikeout pitchers. Like you're gonna see them get. I bet you collectively there's going to be at least 20 Ks tonight, at least unless, unless the Rays come out face for, or they're just full steam ahead and they're, you know, their bats have been hot, especially Randy Rosarena. This, this guy came out of nowhere. He's a rookie and he already has more home runs than um, uh, uh, seven home runs in the postseason is a, the official new rookie record. Evan Longoria set the last one in 2008 when they mm-hmm. last made the world series. So it's like th- this has a almost movie like possible ending, especially the, the Rays being an underdog. So that's why I, I'm, I'm very it's confident the in the Rays. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, like you said, you've been making money off the Rays. Why not just, why not just keep the gravy train flowing? Yeah. You know, I uh, mean, it's, it's, um, uh, and to, uh, you know, when Kershaw gets got, it's usually in the playoffs. So if you're going to fade him, that's when you fade him. But exactly. I mean, it's still, I mean, he's still Clayton Kershaw. He could come out and throw a fucking, you know, web gem fucking 
just, you know, it, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be a matchup. I think if the Rays are within a run or are like, you know, they can get to the bullpen early. I think that really plays in their favor. Cause I think the Rays bullpen bullpen is just absolutely stacked. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And then the Dodgers not, I mean, they have a couple of good arms, but they're not the Rays bullpen and they're definitely gettable if they're in an uncomfortable yeah. scenario. You just don't want Kershaw to get like a comfortable lead, get comfortable and get ahead of his pitch count, get ahead of his batters like mm-hmm. consistently. But I mean, it's the World Series. Uh, the Rays are a very uh, timely hitting team. They seem to just, they like all the games I've been watching with them, they just, they seem to hit at the right time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's small ball versus big market. It's, uh, it's, you know, Randy Arsarina versus Mookie Betts, Mr. $500 million man. I mean, it's, David versus Goliath. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome world series and, uh, either outcome to me from a, just a general sports fan, it's either Dodgers, they can't finally get over that hump and they get the title for this like stretch of playoff uh somewhat success but not full success and then you have the Rays, where if they win it it's you know their first title ever the justification of i guess you know you know since for the last like you know 10 10 plus years of this like you know being competitive not being the devil race you know what i mean so yeah uh i think both for me i'm not it's not going to affect me personally you know, I'm not, you know, but I probably am leaning to raise for the underdog effect for, uh, you know, my local friends and family to see them have their team win a title. And, you know, um, why not get another one in Tampa? You know, hopefully the Rowdies secure their, I, I don't even know what soccer league that is, but, uh, and then, uh, it's not the MLS. I, I know that it, it is not, <laughs> it's not, it's the, not MLS. the MLS, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, you know, obviously it's too early to even speak on to the Bucks, and, you know, they, they still have a lot more uh, football in front of them, especially, you know, with this year. And I guess, uh, you know, that will be a, a good segue into the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And, man, what a game. What a game. Uh, it started out, um, you know, the offense just did nothing. Uh, the defense kind of got put in a, in a tight jam against a really good offense. So, you know, understandably, uh, they kind of, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, obviously. <laughs> he's a stud. He, he's he's a bad man. He's but, a bad man. So. Uh, but he but, got dis- he got discount double checked in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's at the start of the second quarter. It was a pick six and then a pick to the one or two. And before you know it, it like it, it just was rolling um, that defense. They get they came after him all day. And Dominican Sue is a revived man. Uh, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, JPP is JPP. I mean, they're clubbing. Yeah, and we we have the two, we have the best linebacker tandem in football, and at least the fastest. And Levante David, uh, what I like about another big game that Levante David gets to play in another big national, you know, game where he is the linebacker making play after play and just, he deserves it. I mean, his greatness has, we, as Tampa, like people from Tampa, we all know Levante David, but 
outside of Tampa, you know, till this year. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks and their the whole aura now that you got going on here. I mean, it's definitely a lot more exciting to be a Tampa Bay Buck fan. It's a, it's more exciting to be a Tampa Bay fan in general, but absolutely for the Bucks, that is, this is a revitalized defense. You don't see, you don't see defenses like this come around often. I mean, the last time you saw something like this from Tampa, you can't really compare it, but you got Carlton Davis, Carlton day. I mean, yeah, the Carlton Davis you have has completely like been a different player this year than next. He like took his licks and he's Mm -hmm. come back and he's looking like our number one corner. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Winfield has played like an absolute man. I mean, it's your linebackers. That's, that's the key. For sure. Linebacker I'm, is the key. Like you look at Philly, that's my team, right? Yeah, no linebackers. We have absolutely no linebackers. And it is, you can clearly see it. I mean, we played well what against the Titans too yesterday. Right. You yeah. look, when you look at it, no, look sorry, at Carolina the bill, the too. Bills, the Bills. Sorry, the Bills. Oh, you're fine. Look at yeah. Carolina too. Without Luke yeah. Keekley, Carolina's defense is trash. I mean, that's but the they court. were really good with Luke Keekley. And that's the quarterback on the field. You're able to read the play mm-hmm. and you're right next to the D lineman. You you're can in the adjust middle that. Yeah. You're not yeah. like, yeah, obviously you can have a quarterback on any part of the defense, at right. least with the linebackers or a, a safety. But yeah, I mean, having those two guys, having Shaq Barrett and JP, like we have a stacked defensive line, even though the loss of Vita Vea is huge. Big time. Uh, you know, Cause he played I, way better this year. Yeah, I mean, but even like the thing about that line so stacked, he doesn't really have to do. He doesn't have to be the Aaron Donald. Like he just has right. to beat a one on one. Like right. and role he's, player. Yeah, he's he. I mean, pretty damn good role player. But I mean, you know, when it comes to defensive line, it's just you know if you're the only guy in that line. Like Aaron Donald, if you watch that Rams game, they just doubled him all game. You know, right. and the, the Niners were able to run wherever they want because no matter what you are, I mean, as an inside tackle you know it's easier to get doubled than as Shaq Barrett or JPP when you have like a a plethora of people playing Jesus that that sounded terrible that was PPP plethora of people playing <laughs> sometimes you got to get your PP in there but I mean um <laughs> that's what the Bucks are doing right now they got oh, JPP going yeah. in yeah and uh Devin White uh you know great that, pickup oof. great pickup yeah I mean they um for from having years of you know you know uh, jamal deans played pretty well i mean that whole defense and all their all their pickups you know especially on the defensive side in the draft have uh have been total you know like you got to give your hands to you know we've criticized that draft you know system that they've had going for you know and they they nailed the head the last couple years oh yeah so I think, you know, that win is a huge statement win. Like I was, you know, Aaron Rodgers had looked like he'd kind of revitalized the juices. He had kind of, once they have down years, cause he still threw like zero fucking two interceptions each year. But I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers throws he, has the same amount of fucking interceptions as Carson Wentz in 146 throws. Yeah. It's a, uh, and yeah, that's it, 10 times the amount, same interceptions. Yeah, Carson. Uh, he's got his woes. Yeah, but I mean, the thing about Carson is he's definitely uh, he's a fighter. You know, so I mean, he he crawled back, getting back in that game, and I feel like 
every time he's in, it's like either he's dealing with being hobbled or his team is severely hobbled. The Eagles have been severely decimated by injuries and everything under the book. Uh, it's and that at at NFC East is it's just struggling out the gate. The, the our team is like you said it's it's decimated by injuries. I mean we're literally our all of our wide receivers were practice squad players this year or last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no tight ends. Um, our offensive line, the only starter from the beginning of the year is Jason Kelsey. The rest of our, our line has been moved around. I mean, it, people are like, oh, look at your Eagles, man. Like, they suck. And I'm like, okay, I want you to put most of your practice squad players out and just play against very good teams. We went through a three-week stretch where we had to play the 49ers. Luckily, who were also just as injured as we were. So it was pretty even. And then we played the Steelers, who are 5-0. and And then we played the Ravens, who are 5-1 and now, or 4-1 uh, and now. So it's like, what do you want from us? Like, that's what I ask people that, that are talking shit. I'm like, what do you want from us? Like, do you want us to just magically uh, get these players back onto the field? It's not possible. We're playing with what we have. And for once, th- this is why the Bucks. this is why the Bucks are looking good. They're very healthy. And, you know, they're very healthy. I, I hope that not on offense, uh, you know, because offensively you had some injuries, wide receiver, very big scare with Mike Evans a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I thought he was out for a couple of weeks, but luckily, you know, he's, he's a, he's a big guy, you know, he's, he can handle his own. So you saw him go back out on the field and, yeah. and, and get it going again, but bucks have stayed healthy, which is very important for them to, to get anywhere in the playoffs is they have to stay healthy. Yeah. And I think too, uh, the, uh, for going through that tumultuous injury stretch to have Brady there, I think it is definitely going, it helps a lot just from a leadership perspective. And a, like, you know, he's not going to make errant mistakes consistently with the lower end guys where, you know, last year with Jameis, he's probably trying to do too much on his plate and, you know, um, whether or not like Tom Brady's not playing at the elitist level he's ever played at, but, you got to like a quarterback who's willing to come back from a pick six and throw five straight touchdowns. Like, you know, he's not, he's not 2007 Brady, you know, that's not why you got him here. You got him here to yell at the players when they're, you know, doing bullshit. And when Ryan Jensen's headbutting people and, you know, that he's, that's the guy like in, you know, they, they have a good thing going there. I think uh, the running game, Ronald Jones is, you know, he's really, took in his game to another level uh you know Leonard Fournette he's kind of struggling through injuries but you know with his short spurts you kind of liked what he had to offer uh I think Vaughn is kind of underperformed but I think he still it hasn't done horribly I think he hasn't really had a lot of touches too so um I like the game from Gronk you know getting him involved I think you know probably not a good idea to do that week to week but at least let him get a taste because you're going to need him in the stretch. He's going to make big catches. He's going to be able to make those contested third, third and tens, third and sevens here and there down the seam. I mean, they've literally, you know, made it, made it, made their bread and butter from that. Um, you know, losing OJ Howard sucks, but you know, Cameron Braid, I think is, is a Tom Brady type tight end. Like he's going to trust Tom. Tom's going to trust them. No, he's a red zone target. Them. Yeah. So, and you know, Chris Godwin's going to get in the thick things. He had five catches. Uh, he's going to get better. Tom Brady's going to love throwing it to him. Um, 
And the thing about Tom Brady is, you know, I've been as a Patriots fan. Uh, he, you know, he. You're, you've seen it all from him. I mean, you've seen sure, a lot of years from him. Yeah. So it's just, you, you, you know, you, you got to just trust the process. I mean, he's going to have you in a thrower's chance at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he's going to have that. He's going to hold people accountable. He's going to do the things that the Bucks really haven't had. And uh, those players haven't had, and just the key, like, uh, like the timing, like keeping the offense and rhythm on pace, the snaps. Like if you watch that Josh Allen QB sneak, it's like Josh Allen should QB sneak and never get stopped, and he got just absolutely stuffed. Tom Brady is not a like fearsome man, and he is the greatest QB sneaker of all time. Like it's not even little little ad placement there, but not even like it's not even close. Like Tom Brady's like the king of the just little up, go sneak for a yard, go get he's under six his center. Four. You just he's, have to fall forward. I mean, he's six, four, but he's a string beam. You know what I mean? Like at least Josh Allen's like a fucking monster, you know? Like, so, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, he, yeah I, you're I, right though. He is a string bean. So he fits yeah. in, he fits in there. It's he's nice also little... just, he's smart. He knows his tendency, the snap count, which I side he's wise. Go. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, He's, he's wise him and you know he's he just does he doesn't need to do all the extra stuff he just wins and mm-hmm. he makes the time he throws he's willing to run the football instead of like you know throwing it every time and that's why he, he is who he is and where right. he is now like um he understands you know he's so smart like he knows every de- like he's just going to put those players and opportunities like and he that he didn't have the the threats last year so that you know that's why he came here and i felt like for a couple games he's like am i back in new england like we're all my guys like you know like all my guys are hurt you know but uh yeah i'm i'm excited uh it's like i never lost him it's kind of weird uh i had bucks season tickets for two or three uh two years and then i you know went to a bunch of games that third year with the kid that i had had the season tickets with so I was there. I, I was there through, you know, the the special teams, just, you know, oofing game after game for the Bucks. you know, Jameis doing his stuff. The defense couldn't stop a cold, you know, uh, basically Levante David was the, the only show in town. And, you know, Jameis had his games, you know, I'm a, I'm a Florida State guy, so I'm a big Jameis guy. Uh, I still think he's going to do something. He still was throwing 5,000 yards no matter – you know, his turnover issues, uh, some, you know, like a Mitch Trubisky, like he can't even have those real games. You know what I mean? Like, so there is skill there. Uh, he's a winner. Um, I don't, he just, his eternal clock is too long. Like he, he, he like, doesn't like Tom Brady knows he's like, all right, two seconds. I might die. I need to get out of here. Jameis is like three, four. Oh, let me try to run. And then college. Well, he's still used to college. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could always get away and kind of, he was mobile enough and, you see now, like the offensive line isn't what it's getting better, but it's had its games, you know, it's had it, you know, it's had its, you know, bad games, but uh, you got to like how good that defense is playing. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady with the defense, I mean, you, you get a shot at the end of the year, especially with that wide receiver core, too. I mean, you got, yeah. you got literally. Two wide receiver ones. Chris Godwin's a wide receiver one on any other team that he plays for that doesn't have a wide receiver one. So, you, I mean, you got him, you got Mike Evans, you got, um, I like you Scotty got Scotty Miller. Miller. Yeah, Scotty like Miller. Yeah, he loves him. 
you know why? Because he's an Adam Humphreys, he's a Wes Welker, he's a Julian Edelman. He he's has not. That, he, uh, unlike those guys, he actually co- is confident throwing deep to him because he is faster than a lot of those guys. So he's a good route runner, and Tom Brady can actually sacrifice and th- try and throw a deep ball. So, I mean, like, so he has an extra element compared to some of these players that Tom Brady's used to because that's what he's used to. I mean, you look at the offensive um, of the Patriots right now, and it's it's basically just, you catch the ball, you fall down, and it's next play. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's no yards after catch. It, you know, like these systems like um, – like you oh, look at I New Orleans. I wouldn't say that. I actually think that the Patriots system is actually almost built at times for yard after catch. They do a lot of screens. They do a lot of across, like they, they want to get, I mean, yeah, like with Edelman, like at times they definitely know how to like get down and stuff and, and in timely manners. It's not consistently yards after catch. You are right. There's a lot of possession type plays that they do try to make but they definitely strike and they do screens and they do stuff that gets yard after catch. It's just, you know, it's like, they just like over the middle, over the middle of the screen, like over here, they try to use everything, but they it's also a little different than last year. Cause last year they had Brady this last year. They, year had, they had no one like last year. They had no one. The Patriots uh, cam was going to compliment a little things that Tom wouldn't do, but you know, there's still no weapons. Uh, you know, they didn't practice, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, the you gotta love where the Bucks are going. Um, so. I mean, they're they're. Do you think that do you really think that there's this uh, Tom Brady effect that's taking over Tampa, or do you think that it's just by some circumstance that a lot of Tampa teams are doing well this year? Because, I mean, you look at the Lightning. The Lightning should have uh, won a couple of years uh, ago. I don't. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady up. has affected the other teams at all. Like I, I think the Tom Brady's affected the culture of the Bucks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, since Thompson in Boston, they they are winning a lot of titles. But I mean, it would be weird. It'd be weird if it like you know the other teams then took off and did it with Tom there. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe there's some juju. I don't understand. I, I haven't gotten on grips on, but. Uh, no, I just I, have so many people that tell me that. That's the thing. Like they're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a it's a Tom uh, it's a Tampa Bay or not Tampa Bay. It's the Tom Brady effect." And I'm like, yeah, Dude. and I, I doubt that anyone would take those their their opinions and put it on the <laughs> internet. So uh, yeah, so maybe maybe <laughs> those people have that have that opinion. Those are the same people that probably were like, "Throw Tom away after week one, and he sucks." Yeah. You know. So and <laughs> that's why it. those that's why those Tampa fans never deserve any winning teams for so long is because they're not willing to go through a damn game when they get like the best quarterback they've ever had in their franchise history you know what i mean like like what like what if you got aaron Rodgers? you play one bad game you're gonna throw him away no you just paid you just paid tom brady 50 fucking million dollars guaranteed i mean I, I feel like that's where the league's going though dude like oh you have one bad game all right it's over like Let's let's throw somebody in. Look well, at no, fucking. That, that's that is a that is a social issue across all boards and especially sports. As we live in the microwave society, it's what have you done for me lately? Like all of a sudden, you know, and like you say, they don't take context into effect either. Like your Eagles, right? Like mm-hmm. your Eagles had a tough stretch and they're they're beat up and you know this this and that and no, they're not going to take an effect. They're going to look at your record and be like, you suck. You know, the Eagles right. suck, you know, like the Eagles are still like that division so bad. Like 
It's they're so literally in first, basically. They're in second, but like they're, they're a half like a game out. Half a game out. Like there's no because <laughs> that tie, baby. Let's go. Yeah, they're not. They're, there's no, you know, drink your water, kids. But there's no, <laughs> there's no issues there when you're in the NFC least, you know. So yeah, it's true. It's, it, our, it, our division it, sucks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, usually the Eagles and Cowboys are a little better the last couple mm-hmm. years than the rest of them, but it's, you know the giants and the redskins are just dumpster fires and you mean the football team the washington football team sorry guys (laughs) last time i did a podcast we didn't hold the redskins liable for their racist ways so (laughs) got to be politically correct nowadays so gotta make sure the most washington redskins thing to do be like we're not going to change it at all we're the washington football team our marketing team sucks and uh they've all been fired but Yo, have you uh, actually? I need I need to bring this up. Have you heard of the Barstool Sports uh, article about Daniel Snyder recently? This, I have this, not. Now, yo, this this is bad. Oh no, I think I can remember. All right, so uh, the guy that was the head of the cheerleaders, he told them, "Keep them skinny with big tits, or I'll fucking kill you." That's what that's what the guys said. That's why this is a Barstool article, so it's not like. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Keep bad. them skinny with big tits. Oh yeah, it's it's. Um, <sighs> that's a that's a stretch there, my friend. It's it's man. not about it's not about their looks. He it's about is their personality. Okay. <laughs> They're not entertainers. They're cheerleaders. I love when cheerleaders speak. Um, <laughs> I love when cheerleaders. Oh my god. They're my favorite. Um, like my favorite maybe oh he has a search on barstool sport <laughs> mr port and i how you do how you do it again uh daniel snyder schneider mr schneider not oh, no. uh not to be confused with um the family that makes pretzels because that's the oh, yeah. of hanover washington's ex-cheerleader <laughs> ex cheerleader director says Dan Snyder told him keep them skinny with big tits or I'll fucking kill you. Uh, yeah, that's a little that's a little far to, uh, to say that you know. I, mean, I would say maim. You know that wouldn't told him at a two thousand four charity event where the squad performed. Two thousand four. Yeah. So, Why are you bringing this up now? Uh, yeah, no, 10, 16, 2020. 20, 16 years ago, times have changed. Maybe Dan Snyder has changed. <laughs> that look that you just gave me was like, dude, no. <laughs> oh, Daniel Snyder. Um, uh, you, relic. yeah, no, uh, no, um, drink your no. water, kids. Yeah, no. Um, that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like James Dolan for the Knicks changing. Ooh. You know what I mean? It, and that wasn't even that bad. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't want to get too political on here, but he, what he said, wasn't even that bad. Yeah, but compared but, to a lot of shit that like people are saying, that wasn't that bad. 
James Dolan is in a, a collection of things and what makes him a garbage can. But it, yeah, yeah. That well, he said wasn't that bad, but it was, but that is definitely sucks. all the time we're going to spend on James Dolan. So, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the bubble and you know, uh, man, uh, basketball. You know, obviously it was the first sport to come back, and mm-hmm. uh, the level of play in the bubble was actually interesting. Uh, it was actually high. Uh, you know, I was excited that the intensity level of the play itself was high. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the lack of the crowd helped shooters a lot. So you mm-hmm. saw a lot of, you know, the term practice shooter. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, some dudes, they can shoot the lights out and then they get into a game and, you know, it, the lights turned off. So I think, Do you that, think that's why Miami was really good. Um, I mean, you have to think about it too. Like the bucks had the first seed all year and then they have to play at you know neutral it's all neutral grounds yeah you have the virtual fans which i like i don't know how you watch the whole game as a virtual fan i thought that was you know whatever cool yeah, like on a laptop thing. or i'm mean, interesting how much you pay for it you know how much they got each one of these fucking weirdos but so, <laughs> you gotta uh, make your money back somehow yeah, i get the celebrities I, but like just the random ass people like yeah and i they probably got free fucking invites unless you like go into a pool and it's like a free thing if you're willing to do it i'm not really sure Ooh, man, they did so what it was, was high quality you know some high quality Ooh, too uh, low. no they i think they what they did was soon. a they did a um oh yeah me too i'm already feeling it um they <laughs> they did for season ticket holders they did a lottery for for most people but then like for you know for other teams they did like siege for season ticket holders you could pay like i know for the 76ers that's what they did as season ticket holders you could pay a certain amount and then you get a couple games where you're a virtual fan um but they got to make their money back somehow i mean come on now like that's that's a lot of revenue being lost like not just from ticket sales but from the actual like you know beer uh you know food all that all those sales those are out the door too. So it's not just ticket sales. It's, it's concessions. It's, it's a lot of things. I, I get it. You're making a little bit back by, um, you know, not obviously having as many people maintain, but then again, people are losing jobs. So it's, it's like, there's just a, it's a shitty situation. They made the best of it. Like the NBA, the NHL, they, they took the bubble system and both, honestly, those were the best sports to watch because you knew that they were going to continue. It's not like right now with the NFL where you sit week to week and you're like, shit, is my team going to play? Like, are they going to, you know, you got teams like the Tennessee Titans that their entire team has COVID. And it's like, I don't even know how they're playing right now, but it's, it's uncertainty compared to in the bubble system. There's not a lot of uncertainty. They're kind of going with the baseball approach is empty stadiums. Let's just Mm -hmm. try to get through the regular season. Uh, If it's, if this like, COVID thing is still being an issue where they don't know if they're gonna, you know, they don't want to, re- like, they might have to do like a regional bubble or something right. like that. But I think, I think they're gonna want to keep that, uh, that home field, you know, advantage thing. I think it matters uh, as much as like I love the bubble and the no fan. Uh, I didn't really love the no fans, uh, but, right. uh, uh, especially with basketball, I thought that the play, it was more, um, I won't say even, but uh, it definitely had a different effect. Like, it, like if you think about no home it, field uh, advantage. Yeah, like, do you think that some of those runs the teams come back with if the Lakers are in fucking the form, you know, in uh, right. Staples and 
if uh, Miami's in Miami in game mm-hmm. three, do they, you know, there's a lot of factors, I think, that, uh, you know. It's the mental game. Yeah. Those are the mental factors. It's not physical. It's yeah. not something that you can go out and translate, you know, by working out and doing whatever. No, like it's mentally different. And that's where a lot of the game comes from is that mental aspect of like. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs, yeah. Playoff basketball is so different. You mm-hmm. have players elevate their game and you have players that de-elevate their Playoff game. Playoff Rondo is probably one of the perfect examples for that. Uh, yeah, it, there's a very noticeable difference in most of the stat lines from uh, the regular season to the postseason. Exactly. Yeah, so, and, uh, you know, it's the longest season ever. Uh, I think, uh, I don't want to say it was the toughest. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think it was easy by any means to do it. Uh, I think it was different. Um, uh, but for me, it's like, at least they did it. And I feel like as an athlete or an ex-athlete to other athletes, like you want to play the game, like, right. right. Like that's at the end of the day, you don't care about like, fans. You, you play fucking basketball. Yeah. Like I, I think they're like, they'd maybe rather have fans or they, um, would yeah I mean they'd probably rather be in stadiums and be at home and have like all the normal amenities but if it's no basketball or that I'd, I'm choosing the bubble all day Hell yeah. Um, yeah there's no doubt in my mind I thought pre-bubble I mean the world was <laughs> was a weird place man like and I don't know that the world I mean no matter how you feel, like you have like a lot of the, you know, the boycott people of sports, which like get back on Facebook boomer, but uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but yeah, thank God, thank God for sports coming back. Uh, it just makes sense. Um, it's a big market. Yeah. It's I mean, just, you, it's a big market. Yeah. And thank, thank God for college football too. That's, you know, that's been a good thing to make sure that, you know, most of that's going to Ohio state's going to be able to get into the playoff now. And they're so, they're totally, totally putting fifty percent capacity, absolutely a hundred percent. Like you look at Texas A and M versus it is not it is not just football teams that don't care about the capacity uh, through the whole thing. It's it's varied from place to place you go, whether it's like the different whatever you know. But college football has been the most noticeable though, mm-hmm. because like, I mean, I was I've watched. The last three Saturdays, yeah, I've, Florida I've been, State. I remember the first Florida State game against Georgia Tech. It was bad. Like it was really bad. Did you watch the Texas A and M versus Florida game? Yeah, it, it was like it looked like a full stadium. Dude, the first level, it was fifty percent. The second level was like ninety five percent. Like it, yeah. it was the weirdest thing. You're watching fans. They're on the second tier. South will rise again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit, dude. And that actually, I think that had a factor in the the reason why Florida lost that game is because the, there was a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the first the first two games, I think for Florida, they didn't play with um, barely any fans in the stands. So it's like you got this. It's a different environment. And this is what you were talking about earlier. You know, in football, it's an outdoor thing, so it's easier for them to actually put fans in the stadium. Same thing with some baseball stadiums. Some are inside, some are outside. Same football. Football's a little different just because, you know, it's it's the money maker for Florida or for, you know, the United States for sports. It's the biggest – it's America's sport. Yep. I don't care. If, I'm sorry. Baseball is America's pastime. 
that's what it is pastime the average viewer of baseball is 55 years old so. yeah it's pastime it like was... it's, it's past its time <laughs> the real sport is is football and hockey and I, I mean for me i think hockey is electric i love football i really do but my favorite sport to watch is hockey because i would say my favorite live sport it would cricket? be either uh yes other than <laughs> cricket and um luge but uh is uh basketball and hockey just because the action typically isn't stopping and how close you are to the action so with football football is perfect for tv because it's a lot like you know from playing it you know you go for four to seven seconds and you stop you go to four to seven seconds you stop you go to four to seven seconds you stop so with that uh for commercials yeah also there's the commercials so there's just a lot of downtime where when you're at an actual football game if you're not just incapacitated it it is not exciting sometimes like i'm not gonna lie like i i've i've jettied out of stadiums if i needed to like you know having season tickets especially for the bucks i have showed up a little you know like i have a quarter late you know i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not tripping about it i don't really get uh the uh, like people who can't miss a game allure. Uh, I, I mean, I watch all the games every weekend, no doubt, but that's because football is the best TV sport. It's not really close. Uh, basketball, I think, is kind of close. Hockey is is good to watch, both TV better. It is the probably the best sport to watch live. Person. It's mm-hmm. it's just electric and nonstop, like where mm-hmm. it's just like when you're watching, it's just go 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 and then when it stopped you can get up go get a drink where you go you can't go until the, the, the action stopped basketball is kind of closer to that than football is but it's still like there's still a good amount of stoppages um but like you said you're so much closer that uh yeah i've had i've had an absolute blast at all all the brewing and lightning games that i've got mm-hmm. to go to and yeah, i'm not like uh, I, I didn't get to really play my, my parents wouldn't let me play ice hockey uh they they said they were concerned for my health but probably more concerned for other people's health who knows you know it's an expensive ass sport too especially in florida uh you you have to play club and you travel a good good distance Mm because it's not a southern sport you know i learned that with wrestling you know to to actually play good quality people can can you know consistently you have to travel pretty far to these you know where like the good people are Mm-hmm. We're in football, like we like we play them in the neighborhoods. Like you probably have competition in your neighborhood. You go play again, like when you were a kid. Right. So, and they're going to a different school because yeah. they, they they were re- recruited for that. Yeah. Like you don't or, see like oh I, I yeah I get recruited for golf uh, uh, at Palm Harbor. Uh, actually, I I could see that because Palm Harbor just snakes away a bunch of people. But I was a swimmer, so I was very well knowledge in Palm Harbor snaking away a bunch of people that should have gone to countryside, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Neither here nor there. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll say two words. It's countryside football. And John Davis is the sneakiest, slimiest recruiting POS that I've ever lived. See, he went to CCC. CCC sucked when I was a senior high school, we beat their ass. And then in two oh, years yeah. or three years after that, John Davis goes there and all of a sudden, every fucking kid and their fucking mom is going to CCC and their fucking mm-hmm. powerhouse. It's like, it's a great day to play football. What the fucking, what fucking happened there? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, 
That was that dude's favorite saying. It's a great day to play football. And he said it just like that. He's just psycho for football. Right. Yeah. Uh, great guy to bring in people though. Yeah. I mean, he's probably the best recruiter in Pinellas County history. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't put that by him. Yeah. But um, talk about maybe the greatest in history. Uh, we're kind of seeing him evolve into like a more complete, even though it sounds crazy. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, man, is just, I just don't understand how you stop him. Uh, I mean, obviously there have been teams to slow him down and, you know, you know, it's kind of like the great quarterback, you know, you, you got to get pressure. You got to mm-hmm. man up on the sides. You got to bump them off their routes and hopefully you get to him before he burns you or he burns the, and he's like this sneaky, he's not super fast, but they're so frightened of him and he just can throw off any platform any, any throwing arm. angle it just he's just he's like he's just he's he's just he's under control so up to the line of scrimmage russell wilson has this too um uh they just they're they're never sped up like the game it's is the just factor the game is just you know they're focused yeah so and he just absolutely like it's like he's just like oh and it's just like swings his hips and just mm-hmm. 30 yards right on the dime to some dude who runs like a four, three forty, and they just scoot. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. And it's just, you just look at, look at both of Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes personalities though. Like, and they're, they're I, both weird. And I it, say weird because it's like, you don't expect that from a top tier quarterback. You, you expect why they're cockiness. Weird. They're baseball why? guys. Okay, I get that. I get and that. I think I think the the you know obviously I'm not saying you can't get a quarterback from outside of baseball, but I mean you're start to seeing a trend of guys. Kyler Murray. If you, if you look at all these guys who played baseball, they're all able to throw off all those multiple angles. They're able mm-hmm. to run and throw, which is you know when you're, you know, Patrick Holmes was a shortstop. When you're when you're you have to be able to field, flip your hips like mm-hmm. those like. You know, when Mahomes does the little flip tosses, the underhand, like that's normal in baseball when you're like converting double plays, doing these different things. He's just doing it with the football. Right. And it's, you know, because football, the quarterback is supposed to like take care of the football and this and that, that, you know, traditional, you know, like be smart with the ball. But when you see someone like that and then like being able to make plays all over the field, all the different angles from all their players, it's just, it's got to be absolutely crippling on top of the fact that they protect the QB so much. It's not like you can just take this. You can't just Troy Aikman out of him in the league, you know, like, well, you got not- Clyde Edwards, a layer too. He's, he's averaging 8.2 yards a carry. That's literally on first down. It's second and two averaging. Yeah. But the thing with is it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously Blair's awesome. I loved him coming out of LSU. It, it was the perfect fit for that offense. He's, he can, do your pass. He can pass block for you. He can drop out of the backfield for you. He can run. He's, he's tough for his size. He can kind of like hide behind the line. Um, and you know, when you're playing for the chiefs, no one's going to put eight in the box. Like, no, No. there's not, I, I wouldn't, I I would let Hilaire just beat me all day. You know, like, what are you going to put eight in the box or like concentrate on Hilaire and let Patrick Mahomes put 50 on you? Right. Yeah. No, you can't do that. And that's the thing. It's a compliment. You the know? problem too, when they played the bills is the bills have been struggling with their defensive line play. Matt Milano's out Their Their defense is not what it has been the last couple of years, which has been a top 10 defense. And I, it's, I mean, they, 
couldn't stop a cold man like they like they actually ran 47 times which is the most andy reed's ever ran in a football game i can't believe i heard this uttered from (laughs) andy reed's mouth like i heard dumbass troy aikman say it and i was like nah that's not true there's no no way possible and then i saw like an article written that said like andy reed said we need to run the ball and i i almost had a heart attack i was like what andy reed run the dude used to throw like it was like 90 30 or 90 30 that's 120 percent 90 90 to 10 percent running he'd be like all right we're gonna run the ball three times brian dock or uh brian westbrook yeah, you're just gonna 2000s fucking, when it was like dump it off yeah blasphemy oh my god yeah the andy <laughs> reed that when he actually was the coach of the eagles like for him to say run the ball more which brian westbrook could completely do it but no it's like no we're either gonna dump it off to brian westbrook on a screen or, you know, under, underneath, or we have all this plethora of, of wide receivers that we can throw to. And he, Andy Reed right now has the perfect quarterback for him because it's like, I can tell you, I, I can tell you, we can do a 90, 10 game where we're just passing the ball 90% of the time. And it's like fourth and fifth receivers are like fucking burners, dude. They're burners. all burners. And then he has Travis Kelsey. Who's oh, best tight end. Clearly the second best tight end in football. Who do you think is better? George Kittle, signing close. What? Okay. All right. Okay. So Travis Kelsey is a better receiving tight end. Maybe. You know, it's it's kind of like pick your poison there. He's definitely like from a volume, consistent volume standpoint, he's a better receiving tight end. But George Kittle is a better blocker, and it's not close. Like, I don't think Kelsey's the blocker that Kittle is. God, no. And no. he is younger, I believe. So yeah, He is younger. So – it, like obviously that doesn't matter and you're like what overall player you are but i think you know he is a way better blocker than he is a better receiver than kittle i also think he's a little bit of a tougher player where like i don't see kelsey doing the kittle like carry dudes 20 yards down the field he's more of a finesse you know he's not soft by any means but he's not he's not george kittle like when it comes to breaking tackles either I, I was going to say, I, I I don't think I would ever call Travis Kelsey soft because uh, I, I think he has like inner demons. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to be physical anymore. Like he's like, I'm, I'm a, a different, I'm a different player than I once was. He's, he's a little bit wiser. He's played in the league a couple more years. So he's probably not wanting to take those same hits, mm-hmm. but I will, I will agree with you. I think that I think the better receiver goes to Kelsey just because he is that finesse guy. Mm-hmm. He's not just, Okay, I'm gonna catch the ball and then hit whoever's in front of me. That's that's where the George Kittle is better as a blocker. He's more physical, you know. He, but at the same time, you look at injuries; they'll add up. The bigger the person, the harder they fall. So it's you know when it comes I to mean, injuries, it's a proof of that. It, it's proof of that, you know. Like you right. got it, it's it's literally you're playing for your ego, or you're playing for your team. So I get it, like you know. I with I don't know if uh, sorry for cutting you off. But no, you're fine. I don't, I don't know if the way the way I don't know if it's playing for ego because if you're blocking and being more physical, that is almost for your team. Right, I get that. You know, maybe on the like, I don't know, because it's like when he does that stuff, like when he carries a dude who face masks him 15 yards, like he's a small child, like your team is just like juiced beyond belief yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like every time he does something like that the niners just run for 300 yards and just absolutely just emasticate someone you know what i mean right and i don't know like i'm not saying like travis kelsey is is i mean we're we're 
we're picking hairs here. This is the, you know, they're both, the, the, they're the best two tight ends in football. I mean. Yeah, the, what we can agree on is Zach Ertz has fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, Goddard showed him up. Yeah. Like, it's bad. I mean, I I thought Goddard like, that was a great pick. Yeah, but I haven't. I mean that. I mean that was basically their offense last year was once Goddard and Ertz. You know, mm-hmm. I had Ertz and Sanders on my fantasy team down the year, and oh, dude, yeah, studs. They, yeah, they carried me through my playoff run. So I mean, it's uh, you know, he's been playing. He's he think he's even older than Kelsey. I think he's been playing. So I think he's like two. I think he's uh, a year or two years older than Kelsey. Yeah. So um. You know, you can only play in the NFL for so long. And, uh, you know, at least especially in that gone. position. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that position you're, you're blocking and you're in your receiving. So it's not like you're just blocking the coolest fucking get... position. I mean, it is. That's yeah. why a lot of quarterbacks transition there is because number one, they're tall and it's, it, it's that, okay. I understand how people block. I understand receiving routes. So that's why a lot of people like you look at Jordan Reed, um, you look at which I mean they were kind of this athletes to begin with, but the the year that Florida had Jordan Reed and they had who's the other tight end in the league right now who is a quarter oh Trey Burton, they had both of them playing quarterback and both of them transitioned into tight ends in the NFL, mm-hmm. and both of them make very good tight ends. I mean without Trey Burton, I don't think that we would have won a Super Fucking Bowl. Trey Burton, Philly special, and and then oh, Jordan man. Reed, even though he's one concussion away from death. Well, honestly i'll never get over shaq mason absolutely pooping his pants on a fucking sack fumble like you know what we put together our teams put together the best super bowl like that game i actually have uh so my super bowl losses uh i was not mad i was i had watched the most like it was just such an amazing game right that I like wasn't mad. All I did was call like two or three of my Eagles homies and they're like, you know, going off the rocker. I'm like, Hey man, I know how this feels. I remember when the Patriots won their fruit first Super Bowl, right. or, or any of them honestly are like just as amazing or winning. Like um, I guess the Seahawks game, I could compare that to where it was back and forth or they, mm-hmm. they each team, the Eagles were literally like back and forth, back and forth where the yeah. Seahawks pass. It was like, uh, Pats go up 14, then yeah. Seahawks come back for 28, and then the Pats right. come back, and then the Seahawks are driving, and we get a pick where so it, it was, was like, like a lot of, of momentum shifts. Yeah, and it was like the but the last the defensive play to to win the end of an offensive late in game was kind mm-hmm. of how the Eagles won. So exactly, you know, and at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't the perfect season Super Bowl. That was the most miserable loss I've ever had in my life because I've never ran my mouth harder than before that game. I remember, like, uh, I actually was that, had was a, that to an NFC East team. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. dude, we are we are the Patriots three and zero. Yeah, three and zero. The NFC East is three no, no, no. We're three and that. one. We're three and one because yeah, the, the yeah, Eagles yeah, two thousand four, yeah, yeah. which is Owens, I mean, broken leg, yeah, and he still played. Yeah, Terrell like, gets Terrell's just absolutely. I cannot believe the Hall of Fame did Terrell Owens the way they did. Like, oh, dirty. That, that's that's bullshit. I don't give a fuck. That that to me was like that like I'm not a big 
you know, I don't know. That that to me seems sus. But a slap in the face. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That Super Bowl was awesome too. Like, don't get me wrong, that Super Bowl was great too. So, I mean, the Eagles, Pats, like that was me too. It's like I feel like when you win a Super Bowl from a from a fan base or like especially the people you know, and you can kind of like you have that, especially when the Eagles had won one and we won right there. You know, like I felt like I had to like you know hit up my friends like yo man i'm happy for you you know like, like a golf clap yeah you know, like, I, don't congratulations. Know. I don't know it's like it's i mean i don't know it's not the end of the day like you know i, I get it like if like you're my falcons friend like you're not gonna really want to talk to me for like a half a week or a week or the rest of your life but, or whatever yeah forever, <laughs> forever. forever but yeah no it's uh it's kind of like uh it's not the end of the world. Yeah, the Giants Super Bowl, we lost the perfect season. Um, I, I had an answering machine back in the day. You way, we'll go way back. And uh, Boop. yeah, so it was off the hook, full of messages. Like, oh my God, it was it was miserable because it was just like that. That it one was, was miserable. Yeah, it wasn't the giant. The next Giants one, it was it was a lot more the game the game the perfect season game it's like we just kept getting rim jobbed and yeah the second one was more even back and forth and we lost i could accept that one but the perfect season one was just it was fucking brutal like i i still don't understand the eli manning play of like like if you can have a single play and you're in a in a game like if eli manning did that like break tackle thing and rushed for three yards that's a great play. Right. And if Eli throws it normal and David Tyree does the head catch, that's an amazing play. Right. And you that, them, that was the together. whole play. And it's like, <laughs> wow, that's, that's a cold play. Yeah. But uh, no, it's just, it's, it's a cold play. No, it's just, it, it literally makes no fucking like, it, dude, Rodney Harrison was like the baddest safety I'd ever seen play. And like, he can't knock the ball out there. And then, like David Tyree's a fucking nobody, and like, how can our little Eli Manning get away from our defense? Like, and then <laughs> the worst, the worst thing that happened. I remember another Super Bowl is with uh, the Seahawks when uh, what's his name um, made the catch where it like bounced off his foot and his shoulder pad. I, like, oh, uh, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, Doug Baldwin, and it was like. I was like, are we about to lose another Super Bowl on some fucking garbage ass catch bullshit? And of course, you know, Malcolm Butler and the rest is history. And which uh, that will forever be the most talked about. Like, do you uh, run Marshawn? Yeah, it's second down. And it's, there's a lot of time. It's, there's a lot of time. It's, it's, no, it's, you just I have, get it. Like, you want to want a positive rush. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You want to put him on. I, would, I wouldn't even mind the option with Russell Wilson. You know right. what I mean? Like, I just don't like. Like if you but get you stuck don't, for the, I don't know it. You don't yeah. not run it there. Like there's no yeah, way. Like yeah, dude, you have the me. baddest man right. in football. That's yeah. like Tom. That's like a Tom Brady QB sneak. I if if I have heart problems do in the it. future, there's that game. There's the Falcons game. Uh, there's yeah. There's all of them. I mean, especially because you know numerous ones were won on field goals. Uh, the first one was kind of like it, you're, I mean, this obviously a long time ago, but it kind of was like frozen in time. Like you didn't really know it was happening. Like, cause you just didn't believe the Patriots were going to even come close to that Rams game. Like that, oh, you yeah. know, it's kind of like the giants, like we kind of got payback from that giants perfect season with the, like, that was kind of like, 
like the Patriots or the Rams in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that game, I also won a pool in that game. I won like three or four hundred bucks, like when I was like ten or eleven. That was pretty fire. I'm not gonna lie, it's probably the most money I'd ever seen. Probably, <laughs> at that, uh, I was that rich, time. and I think I bought a skateboard like to, from West West Side Skate Shop. I went and got the custom deck. That was raw. You you and, went to Palm Harbor, right? Sir, you know Johnny Katopas. I know Johnny Katopas. That's that's whose house I went to every year for the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, every he, year. We've dude. actually never want, watched the Super Bowl together because he has like these Super Bowl parties at his parents' house, and then I every would, year. and then I would do like my own like version with my friends or my you know like I would have like at my house or like you know somebody one of my friends' houses and host it, and he'd be like, "Yo, like I'm already doing it." So yeah, dude. Yeah. Every year it was like yeah, the craziest he, shit ever because it was you. I mean, you think figure both of you guys obviously are hosting a lot of parties because the Steelers and the Patriots mm-hmm. collectively what the Steelers have to, yeah, I guess he had a lot of parties in the seventies, but uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. Big, big Johnny probably did. You know, I don't know. Big Johnny definitely did. Uh, but no, I mean like you guys, the, you guys had what uh, in, in the time period of high school and before. So high, for me, high school, we've had since high school, I've, we've, the Patriots have been in four. Well, 2007 is when I went to high school. So we had that the perfect team in 07. And then you had 2011 where we lost the Giants again. And then you have Seahawks, uh, Eagles, Falcons, and Rams. So it's six Super Bowls since high school that we played in. Three of three we won. So we're three right. and three since high school. And then when I was a kid, they were three and oh in that like right. the three out of four years or whatever when I was like so collectively before like high school ended for both of us, because that was 2012, uh, it literally was, I think five or six times yeah. in that, you know, in that time period. The, and you have the car. I remember going to a party for the Cardinal Steelers and then yep. yeah, I remember the Cardinal Seahawks game. That uh, Cardinal Steelers game. That's it. Was it Centennial Holmes catch? That game? Uh, the, the Cardinals game. Yeah. Yeah, was that that Centennial yeah. Holmes catch? Oh my the nastiest God. catch I've ever like. And that nasty. was the, and it, it hurt me to my core because not only like obviously with the Patriots, you you have a vitriol uh, feelings towards the Steelers. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even though I mean, it, is it a rivalry? But um, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm yeah no. So you, you're like obviously there's a Patriots Steelers thing there, and uh, so I I was kind of like you know naturally leaning for Larry Fitzgerald to win a title. I really you know. You know, as growing up, I remember NCAA Larry being on the cover, and you know Larry Dude. being a great. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is you know, I mean, all encompassing in category of best receiver ever. Yeah, I mean, I I I think he's you know he's up there. I I wouldn't disrespect Jerry Rice with that yet, but I mean he's up there. Uh, did, yeah. did, okay, so uh, what is it? Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than drop footballs in his entire career. That's for sure, but if you look at the pace that Jerry Rice was on oh, for yeah. twenty straight years, it's just oh, yeah. you know I don't care if he had zero fucking tackles. I'm know? not saying he's the best, but he he is oh, in the conversation. No, 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 no doubt. Especially when you talk about best hands ever. ever yeah, no, I would say best yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, like you, Ar- you arguably, yeah. Jerry Rice is the best at anything a receiver could do ever. He's right. in that combo, and so is Larry Fitzgerald. But when right. it even comes to hands, like Larry Dude. is an accelerated version. Glue. Yeah. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, he, I mean, and he learned from Chris Carter. Like, he grew up, like, going to, like, working for the Vikings and being the ball boy. So, he was learning from another guy with 
you know, probably top five, top 10 hands ever as well. Right. Chris Carter was the guy that basically fashioned, which is now like almost like the game's so much fast, so fast now at the, you know, receiver defensive back level that toe tipping outside on the lines is like every receiver does it pretty well. Like, and that was Chris Carter's like thing is tiptoeing and catching Mm -hmm. it as far out as he could because he knew he could good catch radius. Yep. Yeah. And so, and yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, he catches the ball with his hands and yeah. doesn't drop it. And he's also yeah. the ultimate – the thing about receivers that you, you grow to hate about some receivers, Larry Fitzgerald is not. Larry Fitzgerald, right. like you said, he, he is reliable to his team mentally and physically where he's not going to be a diva and he's not going to drop the football. So It's like DeAndre two, Hopkins right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. except DeAndre Hopkins has a – he has an attitude swagger about him i wouldn't mm-hmm. say attitude i would say swagger where like not saying that larry ever needed that i think larry had swagger too just a calmer demeanor swagger right. like there like i mean deandre is just like the game has changed since then though yeah. like but deandre like hopkins you... had 115 targets 115 catches in a season yeah that's, that's nauseating right so like i mean so you got you got businessman larry right businessman larry comes into work just does his job, clocks out, goes home. Then you got swaggerific DeAndre Hopkins, who that's the other, that's the newer age, you know, where you have to add that new element because you're not only a player now, you're, you are at, at its core, you're an entertainer. So like that extra little level of swag, I think gets him where he needs to be. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I think he just, I don't know. I just think, I, I think it's dope, you know. Like, I, yeah, I me too. I, I don't really like know if, it, you know, it just, it, I don't know if it like helps him get somewhere. Like, maybe I think it, it does, does mentally. Yeah. I think it does. I think it also, because like, he's in his zone, he's yeah. flowing. But I think it's also a result from him being in a zone that he just oozes swagger. You know, right. it's like almost, yeah, the swagger gets him there, but he almost gets it from being there you know at the same time that's just him he's yeah, being him yeah. you know what i mean it's not from the game it's who he is and that's hey, like larry fitzgerald is the same over someone walk yeah. out and laugh at him and exactly him yeah you want that larry fitzgerald, you want that you just want him to be like you just want yeah. him to just catch 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 and not say shit and just be in larry's zone you know right I mean? because because then you got people talking they're like oh fuck man like i yeah. i can't even keep up with larry right now and he's not even talking to me he just shook my hand and i don't know have what to do. larry too that influence in the locker room's got to help him too yeah oh yeah oh yeah no but um yeah i mean uh i think football is in an awesome place especially from quarterbacks you have so many awesome young quarterbacks you also have the veterans that are extending their careers and actually playing great into those extensions. I think we, as a football family, I guess, uh, when we would deal with that, it was kind of like the game was so physical still and the quarterback wasn't protected enough that it kind of right. like, yeah, Brett Favre would show us glimpses, but then he'd also just be too old. You know what I mean? Right. Where now it's like, you can kind of get away with it, but, the like you know the Kyler Murray's the Lamar's the Patrick Mahomes Josh mm-hmm. Allen they're gonna be around I for mean, a while yeah and then you have the Aaron Rodgers Drew Brees I mean Philip Rivers uh, Tom Brady um you know what your opinion Ryan Fitzpatrick even has been kind of balling I don't understand why they benched him it makes zero sense to anyone they literally two or through a single completion and all of a sudden you're gonna put him on the field like 
Fitzpatrick has like the Dolphins at three and three. They're ahead of the Patriots in the division. He's played some of the best football in his career. Maybe you're anticipating his streakiness to end because you know he's as streaky as players have ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I mean, maybe the fan base is too much to hold off. They saw the one completion and they can't, you know, stop. You know, they're just getting hard every morning, mm-hmm. just thinking of the possibility <laughs> of having anyone marginally comparable to Dan Marino. Right. You know, so I think, you know, they're all, they've just been hurting going eight and eight for 62 straight years and they're just excited. But I, I don't know. From, it doesn't make sense. Like Flores has played his cards so well up to this point from a uh, game to like in-game strategic standpoint, getting these guys well coached and ready to play and playing super competitive in games they've lost or even with that Niners game, you know, obviously they're depleted, kicking their ass. But uh, I think with like it, I don't know like what what's the what's the harm of letting him like have his last good hurrah and learn having Kyler continually learn from that I don't know I, uh, it, it yeah. just I, I other than like you know obviously he's your first round draft pick and you want to see what he can do but I mean I just don't see like you're not going to win a Super Bowl you're not even probably going to make the playoffs, even with Fitzpatrick staying in there. Maybe you squeeze in that last spot in the super hypotheticals where they, because they're going to have to probably have to beat the Patriots when they play them a second time. Uh, they're I don't know if they played the Bills yet, so that's two Bills games. I don't know if they win. Uh, I think that uh, they have some other team like they kind of. I mean, they obviously the easy part of their schedule happened. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I just think that you know it just doesn't make sense. Like let Fitzpatrick keep doing like, like let's say Fitzpatrick gets hurt. I get it. If Fitzpatrick plays atrocious where it's like, okay, we're going to look just as bad. Maybe he's physically where he needs to be. And like, I don't really know. Right. Um, I think it's, I think it's on the head coach a little bit. Um, You look at recent years, coaches are getting fired after two seasons. It's like you can't really like if you're a shitty ass fired, team, no matter what happens. No, he's not getting fired. Yeah. But like you look I, at certain coaches and they're getting fired in their second season. It's like, dude, I have nothing to work with. What do you expect from me? And yeah. so it's like it uh, goes up to upper management. So I think it's a little bit on the coaches. I think it's a little bit on the fans. I think it's you know maybe two is well, it's a coach decision. So I mean, it's definitely on the coaches. I just, uh, I think Flores is is pretty understood that he's a really awesome prospect and he's proved how he's gotten a pretty I guess underrated or depleted or however you want to say like most people don't believe in the Dolphins you know to play as good and competitive and be as high IQ like they're really not except for Dolphins fans they're typical Miami fans yeah I mean (laughs) This yeah. is our year. This it's, is our year. The team that literally, yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's like, <laughs> let them have it. You know, exactly. I, I date one. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to be careful on my, it's true. Right, my yeah. opinion on them. They're Very awesome. good save. They are literally Very awesome. The smartest and the most beautifulest fans I've ever seen in my life. Great freaking save. Oh my Great God. Save. I can't wait to go and get all up in a Dolphins fan. You know what I mean? Like, we. Uh, I hope the parents don't watch the end of this one, but um, we're gonna have to edit that out. It's all good. 
we're leaving it in we're leaving it in. we're leaving it i'm not fucking leaving yeah yeah so um honestly uh i think we've covered most of the things uh you know i had a fucking had a blast with the video i think that makes it a lot funner uh uh you know obviously talking with someone who's a, as avid a sports guy as me we'll definitely have to do this again or even you know go on to your little you know, your little luscious uh luscious thinking Luscious thinking, yes. Luscious thinking, I liked it. The first time Tuesdays I read it, I and liked Thursdays. It. Nice. Uh, I guess if you want to do a little plug-in, like what is your overall focus of the podcast or your idea? What what you're trying to go? Obviously, with mine, it's it's you sports. know King Sportscast. But you know, if we want to talk about stuff, I'm not really against it. I kind of like to keep it sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like that's where I know a lot or the most, if anything, and that's why I like to keep it. But you know. I, you know, I don't mind going on other podcasts. So yeah, just, you know, the floor is yours and uh, just let it roll. So um, here's my platform. (laughs) I would just like to tell to the audience. Um, So basically what I like to do on my podcast is just have a conversation with people about life, about philosophy. You know, it's, that's really what my entire podcast is, is life, how you live it, where you come from, what struggles have you been through? Um, The biggest thing that I've noticed is, the impact that I've had on a lot of people on social media that have, you know, have listened, they've, they've talked to me and they've, they've not only given me good feedback and saying that, you know, it's great to see what you're doing, but I also feel as though I'm making an impact on people's lives because for people who find it very difficult to talk to people, other people about problems, I'm one of the biggest people. I'm one of those people that like I hold everything in. And then when you notice I have, when you notice I have problems is when I explode, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I've noticed a lot of people are like that. And it's because a lot of people just feel like they don't have anybody to talk to. So what my platform really is, is just philosophy, the way of life, how you live, you know, like just being a good person, um, how it, how you struggled and, and gotten to where you are, where you are now, what your goals are, just, it's literally all about life. That's it. That's, you know, and it's just a conversation about everything. I don't, I don't, it's hard to have that niche, you know, especially when you're talking about life because there's so many aspects of it, but I still think I get to the core, which is like your values, what you live by, what your code is. So that's, that's really what my podcast is about is, is just literally life, how to live it. You know, maybe you pick up a couple tips of, of something to do in an anxious situation, how you're living life, but that's mostly it. <laughs> that's dope, man. No, I like yeah. it. Uh, that's, you know, uh, I haven't listened to uh, an episode yet. I, I follow you on stuff. I've kind of, mm. you know, I'm, I'm you got your own thing going. You know what well, I mean? No, I get I mean, it. I haven't even recorded for me in a while. So that's what I'm that's, saying. Yeah. So. I'm definitely, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on and talking sports. I'm going to go listen to your stuff. I know uh, some of the people I've definitely know personally on there. Uh, so you got to watch Devin Garnett first. Oh, I, I mean, Dude, I, yeah, yeah. It's Devin, a great time. Devin's a, Devin's an awesome guy. And uh, it's, it's awesome what he's doing from a funny scenario to, mm-hmm. and, you know, converting that. I think that's mm-hmm. cool. I think what you got going is cool. Uh, uh, podcast, you know, obviously I, I've been recording for a little while, you know, not video and in there. I don't know. They're, they're just such a cool form of, uh, you know, we can all do it. You know what I mean? There's not really like a limit to it. You know, you have your own like spin on it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, so I have an idea for you, by the way, 
Um, have you heard of the stereo app? Stereo app. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to download the stereo app. Biggest reason why it's on your phone. Um, what you do is you link up with people, other podcasters, and you just talk. Hmm. So I'm down to do this like once a week, maybe even more because guess what top prize is if you get the most viewers for the week? 10 G's. Every week they have a 10 grand prize. So so you go on to stereo and talk mm-hmm. and then... Yeah, uh, you just talk with random people. But just, you know, when, when you get on there, um, let me know what your username is and then we'll link up and then that's all we do is we literally just talk and then random people come in and they listen. And the more people that you have listened and the longer that you have listened, you get like a score. And at the end of the week, if you get the most points, you win 10 grand. And then they're all, it, it's, it's a new up and coming thing for podcasters. So that's why I'm like, I'm trying to bring you on. And I'm also trying to put this on your platform so that people can come listen. Cause yeah. you know, it's no. definitely a good idea. I'm down. Yeah. I'm, and it's any, easy, super easy. It. Yeah. No, it's, Dude, um, it's super easy. You just literally, it's like, you got your headphones right for mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. Boom. Plug them in and that's it. That's all there is to it. So, yeah. I'm so yeah, it. check it out. Yeah, man. Well then again, uh, thanks. I'm, I'm excited to do this again, do your podcast, do the stereo app. And, uh, until next time, everyone, thank you. Welcome to the first video app podcast. It's dope. I'm excited. We're ready for another one. Stay tuned. Peace. Thank you, man. End meeting for all, yes? No, you just uh, end meeting? record. You just click record real quick. Like, click the end recording. Uh, yeah, I did that. And then it, it gives oh, okay, like yeah. end, end meeting or leave meeting. Yeah, end meeting.